Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling and unlock your creative potential with a team of story coaches and published professionals helping you achieve your creative goals. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. Yes, wherever you are is is a good place. I'm not sure if I say it right, but um, Hopi Indians um, have a saying that um, that means wherever you are is exactly where you are, where you should be. Wherever you you are in life is exactly where you should be in life. So just let it go and be happy. (laughs) I love that thing. Who in your life makes you feel important? seen? Who loves you in ways others don't or cannot? This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 551. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm speaking with Mina Javerherben about My Grandma and Me, her latest picture book. The story weaves memories from Mina's own childhood with the observation of what your heritage brings to a place. Mina's grandmother was a devout Muslim, and this story speaks to the revelation that everyone, no matter what religion you observe, what part of the world you live in, what time in history you grow up, everyone wants to teach love. Not a bad thought to carry you through your week. Please welcome my guest, Mina Javerherbin, author of My Grandma and Me. So, um, hi everyone, and my name is Nina Java Herbin, and um, I am from immigrated to America from uh, Iran, and I am a mom to two children, a wife, an architect, a um, cook, a hostess, a <laughs> person who tries to keep it keep her head over the water. <laughs> It's nice to be here with Matthew today. You keep good company and you also have good companies, as we established <laughs> as we started recording. True, true. <laughs> I um, have known your work for some time, Mina, but what brings us to talking today is My Grandma and Me, a book so beautifully, might I add, illustrated by Lindsay Yankee. I thought that your words paired with her art were just wonderful. I am just 
uh, amazed, floored, flabbergasted. I have no words to say about her. She's a genius. No matter what I say, it doesn't just buy the book and look at the book and enjoy those pictures. Um, no offense to all the wonderful, amazing illustrators I've had so far. I have been so lucky and spoiled, honestly, for all the illustration illustrators that I got to work with. But Lindsay is the first uh, female <laughs> illustrator that I've had. And uh, it was like we were sharing a brain. She totally read my story, listened to, to my story, let, let it go. Uh, let it go through her and she produced this work that is just gorgeous it complements my work and it just brings the world the words alive and the world alive and um, that I was trying to talk about so I am so so happy about her I, I'm just excited i just want to talk to about her all the time whenever i go <laughs> I'm like just look at the picture oh my god can you guys believe it look at the pictures and everyone's like yeah we know we can see it i felt as though we had to bring her up right out because yes so much of reading yes. this book is losing yourself in the beautiful textured patterned delicate art that she's made there's there's moments mina and perhaps you felt this too or I almost felt like if I ran my hand across the page, I would disturb the art. The art felt delicate and yes. preserved in that way. And I felt Over. like that matched the tone yes. of your story in just that way, too. Right. Memories of the past and the way she used the soft palette to ex uh, to explain that and show that um it the first time i saw it i just started crying mm. <laughs> you just couldn't so well with the story that i feel is or that i'm assuming is probably so personal i imagine there are many moments of potential tears for you but i wonder yeah. <laughs> i wonder if i might be able to ask you to Introduce this book to those listening who have not had a chance to read it or come across it yet. What is the story behind My Grandma and Me? So the story behind My Grandma and Me is basically the way I have carried myself um, through life since I was a little kid. And my grandma, who lived with us, made me feel like the most important star in the world. And um, she made me feel um, incredibly loved and the amount of attention and unconditional love that I received from her. Um, I feel it to this day sitting here after many, many, many years decades and decades and countries apart from how, where, where I was born and where I lived with her and where I left her behind after I immigrated um, makes me, um, she, she is the person that made me who I am right now. Um, it is the story of love the first love <laughs> hmm. that we shared. And I think 
it is so important to show your children how to love from the bottom of your heart and really show them exactly how important they are to you. Um, it, it, just for the first few years, basically, <laughs> and then you're set. <laughs> it just imprints, doesn't it? It so, stays. Yes, it does. And it makes the person um, stand up straight and look up and be proud and be positive and be able to live a happier life. It's the confidence that my grandma gave me, the love that she gave me. And I wanted to bring her to America because she couldn't come. Mm. And this is how I brought her here with me. Wow. Can I ask directly how how much of this story in that way is is fiction and how much of it is I guess almost memoir for you? Well, this is pretty much autobiographical wow. story. Yeah. So what you read is what we did. <laughs> I might have juxtaposed a couple of activities that uh, age-wise. Um, mm. Maybe I was four when I did that. Maybe I was seven when I did that. Maybe I was two when I did that because we wanted to keep it all um, the same age throughout this little picture book. But it's all true. <laughs> the intimacy that yeah. the both of you shared in this story is one that if I could describe my experience reading the story is, is that it almost feels like a collection of memories, like a stone bouncing across a pond, right? Memory, memory, memory. Yes. Yes. And then in the end, there's just this beautiful way that, that strings everything together. Um, but one of the first most intimate moments that you share, which is right in the beginning is uh, when grandma wakes up, for her morning prayers and yeah and you wake up with her and the yeah. illustration is um well do you mind if i read an excerpt no. to you i would love Please. to read thank you Please. um it's it reads um at dawn when she woke up for namaz i woke up with her too praying at dawn is my favorite she would say with a smile. <laughs> Mine too, I would say, with a wider smile. Because only the two of us were up at that time, and no one was there to stop me. I would climb up and lie on her back when she prayed. My grandma never told me to stop or broke out of her prayers. Instead, she sat up gently each time, making sure that I didn't fall. Completely autobiographical. <laughs> Mina, that act, I can see how it would imprint on you. The act of intimacy and closeness in in a solemn and holy time. And you and your grandma in this moment, and through the illustration, thank you to Lindsay, mm -hmm. are modeling that this is what a holy time together with an individual can mm -hmm. also look like. She took me to her God. Yes. yes. <laughs> and um, I, am, um, I am not a particularly religious person, but um, I have never met anyone who hasn't made this comment of how spiritual you are, Mina. And um, you, I grew up, except for my grandma, who was 
very who was a devout Muslim in our household I grew up in a very secular household where um, you know the emphasis was not on religion but my grandma was very devout and we respected everything she did and I did everything she wanted to do and we of course I I loved it it was my heritage it's my you know it's where I come from it's my past and I I adore it and I um, respected with all my heart even though I'm not a particularly religious person I really think that um, I have an inherent love for all religions they're fascinating for me and I would and I respect everyone everything they believe and this is because because probably because of my grandma or or maybe because my parents sent me to a Catholic school in Iran <laughs> <laughs> Because the sisters didn't also had a had a hand in the fact that I am maybe a spiritual person. Maybe I mean I don't know. This is a childhood. These are all childhood imprints. My parents sent me to a Catholic school in Iran because they wanted me to be proficient in English, and they had a fantastic English program. So here we go. Every religion was fine in our house. Yeah. <laughs> the love that your grandmother shows you and the bond that the two of you share through what is shared in this story um it it struck me that the word love if it's used at all is used so sparingly that there are just these moments of togetherness of bonding and I wonder, I wonder if that for you was something that was present your entire entire childhood, or also in your in your family as well. And this is that that you come from an environment that just has has modeled that really well for you, um, or just I don't know. I just it struck yeah. me so yeah. much that so yeah. many of us say, "I love you, I love you, I yeah. love you, I love you." Look how I love yeah. you. But there's just yeah. there's just these acts. Yes, I, I, I see. I, I understand exactly what you mean. We, um, I mean, I come from a, a family that um, my father had a very, fa- very interesting life um, because um, my, my grandmother, my, my grandmother actually lost. Let, let's let me start here. My grandmother actually lost both of her parents um, when she was around the age of five. And um, she was um, she was married off, and this is we're talking more than a hundred years ago, to at the age of nine. But um, she was loved and respected until she hit puberty and got older that she could actually do her you know duties as a wife or whatever it was a hundred and ten years ago what people did by her. Um, husband's mother truly loved and respected and taken care of as their own kid in their house Mm. and these are the you know we cannot put ourselves in the shoes of the people who lived 110 years ago we can only uh, or judge them we can only um, think about it and appreciate the times and I think um because you think somebody who's lost both parents at the age of five has so much love to give. 
finally you think who showed her such respect and love all her life and you know that and I know that her husband and her her husband's mom mm-hmm. um they were very kind to her as well and my my parents my um uh, it's a I mean I grew up in a ve- I grew up very um spoiled in a very loving family we were so <laughs> you know everybody just kind of <laughs> respected and loved each other and yeah. um yes that, that it was a good environment it gives confidence to a, to a child and i have a feeling that my grandma who was my dad's husband lived with us in our house and my mom adored her so she was like a pillar of showing love and affection and just loving everyone and she must have learned it from someone as a child and 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 these things really do go back you know, because usually we have a mother-in-law and uh, the bride problems that just did not exist in our house these these two were like you know lovebirds everybody was so respectful <laughs> and you know this one would cook that one would clean that one would take care of me this one would go shopping you know it was just that kind of a situation. I never suffering. My mom adores, adores my, adored and adores her to this day. So yeah, I guess there was, that's kind of an anomaly actually. Now that you think about it, people rather want to bicker and make something out of things, but they never did. But I think it also speaks to a great history of love and respect and kindness. Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from the Highlights Foundation. Imagine your own private retreat in a picturesque setting. The Highlights Foundation believes all writers and artists can benefit from the gift of time. Time to create and time to dream. That's why they developed a program called Unworkshops that gives you the opportunity to create your own retreat. In an Unworkshop, time is yours to spend as you please. No structure, no schedule. They will provide you with comfortable lodging and three great meals a day. From the moment you arrive, you'll feel right at home and fussed over. They'll furnish a peaceful setting that lets you focus solely on your work. And for only $149 a day. You and your career are worth the investment. Learn more about these and other workshops and online courses by visiting highlightsfoundation.org slash programs. And I think that that once that momentum is going, it takes a pretty strong force to stop a momentum of love or of hate, I would argue. I think it's hard to stop both. Mm-hmm. But that's that's it's moving yes. to hear you. A tradition of love mm-hmm. yeah. is definitely a one person, and it can show us, Matthew, both of us, that one person in a family who has decided to love and respect. And this was probably my uh, my grandma's mother-in-law, or was it my grandma's mother and father, which I don't know much about. I just know they were both educated they could read and write so many years ago um i mean somebody must have been incredibly loving 
and then the tradition of love and giving each other unconditional love and confidence goes on. I mean, I'm not saying that it's good or bad that my parents are still in a loving marriage. They're very old. Um, my uncle, who just passed away a few years ago, I mean, maybe, no, no, not a few years ago, last year, he was also in a great marriage. And um, I mean, a loving marriage, a good, you know, mm-hmm. it was just, I think there's a, there is something to be said about tradition of love and have somebody who encourages love. And they show you how to love and give and be kind to others. And it's important. That modeling of showing how to love, uh, you've incorporated in lots of different ways in this story. But um, one of the most poignant ways, I think, uh, is in your grandmother's relationship with her neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, with And it's so, I love that I'm reading this. Mm-hmm. I'm More reading love. this at first <laughs> as if it was a, a fictional story. And then you come it's and tell not. me, oh, no, it's not. It's all real. So, so visiting your grandma's friend and mm-hmm. and her granddaughter Annette and mm-hmm. the best friendship you had with Annette, but also mm-hmm. the best friendship that your grandmother had um, with Annette's grandmother, and that mm-hmm. that this also spanned religions. You said that you didn't particularly grow up in a religious household, but most certainly that your grandmother was modeling religion or her beliefs Absolutely. to you. And I, Absolutely. I think that mm-hmm. that could probably be said for Annette as well. Um, yes, probably. Yeah. To know, though, that um, not though, I don't mean it in that way, that like just because we're two different religions, I mean, there must be conflict. But wars are fought over religious differences. I know. And, and <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> I know. Well, and here is a, a modeling of of yeah. of thinking in your prayers, in the moments together mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. others and of thinking mm-hmm. of them in making that space for others exactly the way they are. Not that they yeah. would change and be more like you or your beliefs or whatever, but but seeing them in their beliefs and for who they are and and sending prayers that that their prayers might be answered. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Isn't that the? Isn't that really the actual bottom of every religion that ever was and is or may come in the future? Right. How Everybody every wants to teach yeah. love. Everybody just wants to teach love and connectedness. But do we listen? <laughs> well, we all need a grandma to be listening to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yes, that was a. Uh, that was a that was a little bit of um, craft work, but I was said um, in so many ways uh, from my grandma and um, her grandma. Her grandma's eyes just lighten up when my grandma would walk outside the outside our house, so that they could just sit around and knit together and talk together and um, <laughs> have coffee together. Um, you could see the love. You could see the friendship. So I know that they wanted to be in heaven together Mm. and they probably are. If Mm. there's a heaven, they are together. They, I believe that (laughs) the, the juxtaposition at one point of 
being together with other people uh, in your grandmother's mosque, of having those time together, of connecting with the stranger outside on the street, of connecting with... And there are so many points of connection and uh, a centering of being together, of not needing to feel like you're alone, that there are there are other people that are kind and welcoming and will welcome you into your traditions and into your religions and into your loves and interests and family. Um, yes. there's, a, there's an awful lot of welcoming channeled into this story. So I wonder... Uh, because I know you for soccer books. This is how I know you at first. <laughs> and that is also a very together yes. um, type of story. A team a team working together or, or yes. assembling um, whether or not you're a formal team. So I wonder um, how long this story in particular has been working inside you. Because I the, know... The togetherness theme? Is that what you're... I'm thinking I'm seeing togetherness expressed in so many different ways Mm -hmm. in your stories. So what brought you now to Mm -hmm. expressing it, the togetherness with your grandmother? Mm -hmm. Well, I still remember um, the, the night that we walked together to the mosque. It was gorgeous. It was so um, sacred to walk together in the in the dark alleys, and then all of a sudden you go into this happening party in the mosque. So that was <laughs> very very surprising and fun, and everybody's just eating and celebrating, and you know it was just fantastic. And the fact that my grandma, we would be she would be like you know chopping vegetables in the in the um, kitchen and all of a sudden she would run out with money, run outside the house with money to give it to some beggar that she might have heard down the street. And this I remember. <laughs> I was like, where's my chador? I have to run outside and you know give some food or anything that we have in this house. Even nothing if, if even if the food was not ready, she would be very disappointed that the lunch is not ready. So she can't take the uh, a plate of food for somebody outside she mm. would run out with bread and cheese um and maybe a few you know dollars well i mean i'm not doing the exchange not real yeah. <laughs> um, to just give the poor person you know and she would be just like i have to run run and do this it, it was just her duty as a human being and um i think that spirit of giving has really i mean i i try to I've kept it to this day, and I've tried to transfer it to my kids. Um, I don't put my chador on and run out for the beggars, but with Halloween coming up, for it's been a more than a decade that we celebrate fundraisings for UNICEF, and I've taught my kids um, the value of giving. Um, in the past few years, we haven't had a big celebrations with costumes, and I'm sort of a little bit, you know, you get older and the kids can get go to college. So, you know, it's it's just basically become only writing checks. But still, the spirit of giving and kindness is something that I try to also bring for my kids. And to date, people call me and say, are you having a Halloween party, UNICEF fundraising or not? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a tradition. We keep going. As far as keeping people connected, 
I've already, I've also written a couple of Rumi stories and Rumi is also a very big um, influence on me. And one of his wonderful stories is about um, the story that one of the prophets, um, I'm not going to name the prophet now, but it's in one of this, one of the prophets, one of the major prophets that of the religions, it's Moses, Jesus, or uh, Muhammad. Uh, happens by a shepherd, a sheep herder that is um, talking to God, and uh, and he's saying, "Where are you, God, so I can brush your?" You know, he talks about God as God is somebody who who's like a sheep that he's going to take care of and lovingly take care of and be with, or you know. And that prophet says, "What kind of talk is this?" God is not like this. Why are you, why are you, um, your little world, your little thought process, only like a little sheep herder in this, in the middle of the mountains. The only thing you know is sheep. Um, and you're, and you're uh, expressing your love through that kind of, you know, sheep herder talk about God. You cannot talk about God like this. And God um, actually um, interjects and says, um, no. Let the sheep herder pray the way the sheep herder prays. You have no right to do this because you haven't come. I haven't placed you on earth to disconnect people from the love and devotion they feel. I have placed you here to connect people together. And it's like a story that that really stayed with me when I read it. It's one of the stories of Rumi. It's, I mean, I did it really injustice here. It's a gorgeous story. <laughs> but, but the entire being of a person or human or prophet or whatever you are, isn't it, isn't it lovely to connect people together, to tell them about the <laughs> things that we share? And as an immigrant, didn't I survive by knowing those things, by bringing, by talking about universal experiences, um, by knowing the power of what your heritage brings to other places, what you learn from your new place, what you bring to your new place, what what are the experiences that unite us as human beings? Maybe maybe that is what I'm supposed to. That is that is my prophecy. I don't know. Bringing people together. That's what I want to do when I write. Wow. I mm, <laughs> I just want to <laughs> sort of hug you through the screen and let you know that <laughs> I want to hug you. <laughs> that I um there's some really beautiful magic happening through your words and through Lindsay's art. And mm. um to hear you speak of this story and most especially to hear you speak of your grandmother and that you share her with all of us, that you have given us a way to connect with her love. Um, I think of the, the intimate moment that you welcome us, that you and Lindsay welcome us into um, when your grandmother, when grandma's not wearing her chador, when she's sewing chador and... Um, and you are there dreaming and drawing patterns and taking them and making them into rocket ships and things like that. But to see her, um, to see her without 
wearing her chador and um to give children that 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 might be asking why she wears that a moment of seeing her not wearing it to me was a vulnerable experience i Mm. think i'm finding now that i'm even now having a a difficult time putting it into words Mm. um and that intimacy i think after you've carried us through this story um is something that is is well earned um and communicates so much trust from you the child and from you the storyteller and from you the keeper of this story to your reader um that i can't help but feel in that way um connected to you bonded to you as as your reader and i hope that that is an experience that many, many of your readers will have and share so that we all can be connected in that way. It'll be an honor. Thank you so much, Mina, for joining me to talk about this beautiful book that everyone is going to run out and (laughs) just live in Lindsay's art and her textiles and the, the, the beautiful, beautiful work that is there waiting with this story that will stay She's an absolutely genius. Mm. (laughs) Enjoy her work. (laughs) I'm glad you were each paired. It's such a beautiful pairing. Um, I want to close our time together by bringing us back to those readers. Um, By asking you that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Mm. Mina, is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Well, the message of uh, self-confidence, empowerment, finding the beauty in who you truly are and celebrating yourself. Children, there's only one of you in the world. And whatever you say, whatever you think matters. And I want every little little kid or little adult or all of the children um, to know how important we are. And uh, high-five ourselves every day for who we are. That is something I would love to see. This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.darshanakhiani.com forward slash South Asian Kid Lit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Pottington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons. 
those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Tracy, Hallie, Chris, Amy, Summer, Sarah, Kate, Darshna, Patricia, Amanda, Theo, Jarrett, Justin, Anitra, Selaja, Ailey, Suzanne, Mike, Steve, Mia, Karina, Adrian, Irene, Kate, Ed, Jenny Sue, Cynthia, Sylvie, Doug, Amanda, Judy, Ruth, Elaine, Teresa, Alicia, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.